Hello and welcome to The Campaigns, the actual play podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is the first episode of a special edition of The Campaigns called City of the Damned, or also The Cursed City of Calamont. This is a short adventure that I wrote as a Give D&D a Try with a potential new player named Dustin. This uh, venture was written based off of a synergy session that I, that I had done. If you've been listening for a while, then you know synergy is a sort of a campaign or adventure idea generator that we do with a pack of magic cards. Uh, once the series is over, I plan on doing a separate podcast and going over the cards that I pulled and sort of how I use them. So if you're interested in that, please let me know. This uh, campaign series should be about six, maybe seven episodes total when it's all said and done after the editing. Uh, we used at the time what was the most recent version of the D&D Next playset. Uh, there were some 13th Age things sprinkled in because I really do like how they use backgrounds. So I think if I remember correctly, we were using those ba- the backgrounds from 13th Age in this. So in this adventure, we have some familiar voices. We have Travis playing Glug, a half-orc cleric of battle, who's also a brewmaster. Nick is playing Carter, a human bard who can't seem to escape the shadow of his stepbrother, Scott. Evan playing Blaine, a human wizard who gained his power by finding a powerful artifact. And Dustin, who's uh, the newbie, playing Ando, a human monk, in search of a criminal who stole something very valuable from his monastery and left behind a calling card, an obsidian tiger's paw. We did have a session zero where all the PCs were created and the group brought together. Essentially, Blaine revealed to the others that he had found a wizard's ball, loosely based on the artifacts from the Stephen King series, The Dark Tower, and that his ball seemed to be drawing him to another of these powerful artifacts. So we pick up the adventure as the PCs are heading out on the road. Here is the campaign's City of the Damned, Episode 1, The Bard's Tale. decided to follow Belial out of the city and into the wilderness. It is sort of getting colder, so it's not quite winter, but it's definitely fall. So you guys would have some winter gear, so you guys can just kind of put on your character sheet that you have, you know, like heavier coats, heavier blankets, that kind of thing. And again, you could have mundane equipment, anything within reason. I don't particularly care that much about it, but if you wanted like, you know, a catapult or a trebuchet or something, that would, I won't say no to siege, no siege equipment. No siege equipment. So we are going to start, as all good D&D games start, with initiative. Yeah, roll initiative. All right, so we have initiative. So you guys are walking through a sunny glade, and from behind a, a copse of trees, three goblins emerge. And goblins are sort of short, green-skinned creatures. Not necessarily intelligent, but crafty. And when Mike does basic, he goes basic. And they come out, and, and one steps forward and says, Give me your valuable. No, he basically says, Word has spread even to our village of your greatness. And we know that we will die upon your blades this day. But our children's children will sing songs of this battle. It's Scott so, among you. So, so, so. God damn it! <laughs> Wait, you're not Scott? So, be, be quick and merciful with your, with our deaths. And Belial, you are first act. So you have three goblins that 
have accosted you there. Oh, he, spears, he pushes one over. And we we keep walking. Um, <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to fight. Uh, we're just passing through. We we cannot let you pass. Hold on, I have this. Crispavotus. Uh, excuse me, short green men. What need have you of spilling our blood? Get you get that out of my face. They're gonna stab stab at you. So you're you're. <laughs> Charisma. Oh, what? Did one of them just stab at my loot? I swear. And negotiation fails. Clearly, they are ready to die on your blades, and they think it will make them heroes by doing so. I should have just picked sleep. <laughs> make them all go to sleep, and they could think they were dead. All right. What do you want to do? Uh, well, can you, like, where are we? You're in a sunny glade, trees around you, and these three goblins. What's a glade? Um, Besides a plug in. <laughs> a, a glade is like um, a stretch of, of grassy lands with just a few trees. It's not like a thick forest. Okay. Uh, so there's just these little cops of trees, and then they've emerged. So, so what if we just like back up and start walking around another way? You could try to do that, but they would be able to catch you. At least this. They turn. keep following us and poking okay. us. Please just put your weapons down. Mike's like, I, I have no reason to hurt you. So are you holding Nobody your action there? Yeah, I'll hold my okay. action. Ando, you have three goblins that have come come to you ready to die upon your blades, or in your case, your hands or fists. What would you like to do? I have no reason to fight, so I'll hold. All right, hold an action. Glug. How about the lesser beasts? There we go. I charge the nearest one. Okay. <laughs> Mike's like, I have some goddamn power. <laughs> Everybody's just standing here like a bunch of pussies. All right. So you, you're you all within range, so you can just walk up and smack one if you'd like. Okay. Uh, a uh, 13 to hit. That is enough to hit the goblin. So describe uh, what, what you did there. I, I just essentially... Uh, well, what, we're what pretty close. Kind of so. kind of it's a warhammer. Okay. So I just... Came up there like, come at me. And then I just bopped him in the head. All right. Apparently it was a close call, but it still hurt him, hopefully. Roll damage. Two. Plus. 1d8. Uh, is it plus strength? Yes. Oh, I You're still so get my strength. Here. Okay, five. Five. Okay, that is enough to fell this foul beast. His head caves in. He falls over. And the other two almost seem happy that their friend died of a valiant death. Mm -hmm. Valiant death! Carter. Cartier. I'm going to whip out my lutes and play a Randy tune. <laughs> uh, call to uh, arm, call, a call to battle, and inspire to everyone to fight with greater zeal within 25 feet. In effect, a creature can roll an extra d4 when rolling damage from melee or ranged attacks. Is this uh, friendly or all? Um, Just allies. Anybody Alice. within 25 feet are friendly creatures, including yep. me. So basically, as long as he keeps us up, you guys get to roll a d4 <laughs> in addition to your d20. So it gives you yes. a bonus of plus one to plus four for all your attacks. All right. Once you do it that... It can't last longer than 10 minutes, though. Okay. So the first goblin steps up, and your song like brings a tear to his eye. It is, <laughs> it is the most beautiful thing... So goblins that, like my music, but no... He, he has <laughs> ever heard. And he even says... That is the music I dreamed that I would die to. So instead of attacking you, he's going to turn and attack the half-orc. <laughs> Please, good sir, continue your two. I should be performing at Goblin Villages. All right. So the goblin stabs with his spear, but it glances off of your shield. You easily sort of backhand and redirect it. Very ineffectual. 
The other goblin is going to attack Ando, so it sort of sidesteps. Now, since you're holding, you can technically act in front of him if you would like. Or you can wait to see what he does. But since you were, you're still in front of him, if you want to try to hit him first, he is definitely going to attack you. Um, then I guess I'll attack. Okay. So the way you attack in, you're going to roll the d20. <laughs> One. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Beginner's luck well, does not exist. going home. <laughs> we, we, okay, Mike, we tried him out for an hour. He's yeah, got to go. Wow. So one is a critical failure. Basically, no matter what your bonuses are, no matter what your target number to hit, you always fail on a one. He tried to round kick. <laughs> yeah, you did a spinning hook kick and just went right over top hey, of him. He's too short. Uh, and so... There's no hard and fast rule for fumbles or, or critical misses, but there are rules for critical successes. So usually I impose some sort of penalty, like the next turn you'll be off balance, so you'll get a negative Stubbed to your next... Toe. Something happens to you, but, right, right. but officially you miss. All right, right. so now the, the goblin is going to attack you, <laughs> oh, and because you're off balance, I'm going to give him advantage, which means that he's more likely to hit you. Right. You're still holding if you want to jump in any time. You're just going to stand there and let this goblin skewer him up the butt. Mr. Mage, we would appreciate no, that. No, that that'll invoke me to. That. You have do a, you have a bonus to D four on uh, melee attacks here. Thank you for protecting for protecting my uh, butt from being skewered. Do you, yes. Do you know what the damage on a shield bash would be? Uh, I think it would be an improvised weapon, unless it's in there. So I'd probably it's probably give like a your D4. strength oh, modifier, right? Damn. Cinematically, it sounds fun. <laughs> there might be a rule we have to. You just say you're not use, you're using the warhammer one handed. Yeah. So this says you use your magic abilify, abil magic abilify. abilify? Isn't that an antidepressant? <laughs> <laughs> magic ability modifier plus your spellcasting bonus. But is I mean is that not just no. what I already have? Yeah, no, right here is uh, spellcasting bonus. Which is the same as proficiency bonus. Yes. Plus your modifier. What's your intelligence score? Three. So you so, plus four. So four for all my spells is four. Nope. Okay. Are you sure you have to attack? What what were you casting? Ray of Frost. Okay. So yeah. So that misses. Make a ranged attack. Okay. So did you, you do the plus four from Nick's team? Yeah, you get to roll a D four. Oh yeah, the D four. Yeah. That would give me eight it's, max. It's still not going to matter. Okay. Yeah. okay. So it misses. Oh, four. <clears throat> so the goblins actually seem somewhat sad that they did not die in that con that that round because they want to die valiously. So they're going to attack you. So the goblin is going to attack Ando with advantage. And I get a critical hit. <laughs> which is a maximum damage plus an additional roll. We never know what, if he's telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like, yeah. It's a, uh... All right. So you take five damage plus five damage. You take ten points of damage. Oh, I have, that's all my hit points. <laughs> you got zero. You're dying. Yeah. Okay. He's at zero. <laughs> And the other goblin, oh, that, that's both goblins. Uh, All right, so you're literally at zero? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is good. This, this game is... over. Good teaching. No, no. Good night, good folks. It's by far nowhere near game over. Mm -hmm. You have right. a cleric in the party. So let's get all the bad stuff out of the way early. So the top of the order is Glug. And Glug, you see that there are 15 goblins that have surrounded you. There are now goblins on all sides. And so a storm has started blowing in, and now there's lightning and thunder crackling all around you. Do I feel that the storm is mystical in some way? No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel that, but it is. You do just... not feel that at all. And then a dragon comes out. No, who said that? Who told you? 
All right, so what would you like to do, Glug? I will go over to Ando. I would like to go over to Ando and place my hand on him. Whoa, and... whoa, whoa. We already bashed a goblin. Where's this? Uh... Well, there's now 15 of them. It went from 3 to 2 where, to Where 15. did I miss this? I just... Like, they I are know. now there. I was, and I the just... storm has blown in. And so 15 in, goblins like... just blew in on the storm. Yes, yes. They, they came flying in on wings of thunder. <laughs> like winged monkeys? Yes. I'd like to grab <laughs> Ando and pick him up as I cast Spare the Dying so he goes to one health. Okay. And then it's now already since coming use. that's a swift ability, Can't do I get to use another? I believe that still counts as your action. That just means you get to do it. Uh, action point. <laughs> Those don't exist. In this so you can use it as part of another action. So moving over there, casting the spell, and picking him up would all be your actions. That's everything I can do? Yep. Okay. All right. So the power of his god flows through his body. Invigorate oh, your spirit, and you go to one hit point. Can I, can I not pick him up? Yeah. And yeah. then I can do something? Yeah. Okay, cool. As I place my hand on you, I say, get up. And <laughs> I use my Spare the Dying, which puts you at one hit point. And then I'm using Cure Wounds on you, which is another touch ability. Um, and then you roll 2d8, and then you get plus 2. And that's how much health you regain. Okay. So 3 <laughs> and a 4, so 7. Plus two. Plus two. Nine. So nine total. So you're back at ten, ten. hit points. So you're back to where you started from. Yeah, back in fighting form. All right, Carter. So you now have 15 Very goblins realistic. that have surrounded you. Well, the one, it was so inspired by my tune, maybe I should... Singing. Now, I believe the way it works, you can actually attack and continue to sing or play. I, I don't think those are mutually exclusive. You must speak or play an instrument as an action. Maintaining the performance requires concentration as do... Some spells do. You can switch to a different performance by taking another action. The whole effect, whether it is composed of one performance or several, can last no longer than ten minutes and ends early if you are silenced. So maybe I could be playing and throw a dagger. Okay. One of the... Would you like to throw a dagger at one of the goblins? Yes. Okay. Throw a goblin. Uh, throw a goblin at a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> dagger. Just put it on the ground. Take the goblin's head. <laughs> so back. I'm playing with my teeth. <laughs> there you go. In one hand and throwing a dagger in the other. This is a throne. I don't know if I have any bonuses. To... It would be uh, dexterity. Uh, that is a ten. Okay, your dagger sails. Yeah, I haven't practiced. However, I haven't practiced this routine a lot It was so lately. close to one of the goblins that it dies there's, of fright. There's and it falls over. They're dead. just so amazed by yes. me. All right, oh my God, Endo, you are laying on the ground. You have been fortified by the power of a deity, and you are now fully. Healed, but you're he's, on the ground. What he's a religion. He's he's like a religion jumper. He's gonna jump. Right, <laughs> right. right. I've seen the lights. I'll be your first monk. Uh, I'll stand up Odin's and attack. Set. Okay. Um. So normally standing up would take your full movement. Okay. But just to make this sound cool, if you want to like combine that with your attack, like I do like hop a ninja to my roll. feet. Yeah. He's yeah. dexterous. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna do some kind of cool attack. All right. So go ahead and roll your attack roll against the goblin. He 11. gets up and headbutts All right, the so goblin. So you should have a bonus for that attack. Uh, that's the melee, right? Yep. Four. Plus, that's a 15 total. 15. Definitely enough. Go ahead and roll your um, damage. Which, which one's that? D6 plus three, I think, for you. You should say on there as well. Melee. So I rolled a three. Plus, plus three. So yep. six. Okay, that's enough to take one out. So what did, did you kick him? Did you knee him? Did you elbow him? What did you do to this goblin? Rod. Uh, I, I guess, leapt to my feet, and as I came down, I just 
hit him on top of the head. Okay. Him. So yeah, just a, just right on top of the head. Just ah! good old fashioned Mr. Miyagi on the top of the head. You, you actually caved his head in and it splits open like, like a V, and your hand is just sitting there inside of his head. These are literally men of mush. <laughs> All right, Belial, you now have. 14 goblins that have surrounded you in the middle of a raging storm. Well, I, ki- I killed one dude. Oh, you have 13. I killed one just due to amazement. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> a fright. That so, was close. How, fl- how far brother. am I from... How far am I They're all close. They're all within 10, 15 feet in a circle around you. Perfect. Um, it's Carter, Scott's brother. I'm going to cast Thunder Wave. Okay. Oh, now now he's getting... Do I still action. get his... Um, yes. As long as he's still saying... So what, what changed your mind here? They brought in reinforcements when they attacked us. Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen is what you need. Wait a minute. With a loud crack of thunder from each creature, I don't have to roll, do so, I? Uh, yeah, I think they just have to do the saving throw. Yeah, they. Um, on a failed, on a failed save, a creature takes two d eight thunder damage and is pushed ten feet away from you. On a successful save, it takes half damage. All right. So your spell is going to... Do I have to roll damage for every one of them? No, you roll once and apply to all of them. Okay. So go ahead and roll your damage. Seven. All right. So... And there's no uh, modifier? No. So you're casting the spell in the midst of this giant storm. You actually inadvertently call down a bolt of lightning that hits in the center of this group and electrifies one of them. The other four get thrown back in directions and they are their bodies are lifeless so they do ragdoll physics as they go on flying backwards through the air taking five of them out however when you look up you now see that there is an ogre standing over on top of you and he's going to swing his how many of them did i kill right about you killed five where he just he just came out of nowhere he is standing just on top of you Standing there in all his glory, and he's going to attack you. He's not wearing much in the way of clothes. I like a wizard already. <laughs> but you're done with your spells. Other than, right? I can cast another first level okay. spell. All right. So the ogre comes down trips. with his club. They're good at taking out the you Just on the shield, so it does damage. It kind of pushes you into the ground, and you take 13 points of damage. Can you beat my AC? Yes. I got a really high number. Thirteen points. Yeah, thirteen points of damage. That puts me at zero. Okay, so this giant ogre just showed up and rocked. Showed up and basically drove him like a nail into the ground. He just glugged him. It's now your turn. (laughs) Well, looks like I'm going saving against death. All right. So when you are at zero, you roll a d20. Goddamn road goblins! It's just a straight roll. Yeah, nine. Okay, nine. So he has one failed roll. Three failed rolls and you die. Can I have uh, some pebbles? What color? Fruity or cocoa? All right. So Carter, you see Glug get driven into the ground. He's now waist deep in the earth. Okay. Well, I'm gonna whip out my rape here okay. and start trying to sweep back these the ogre. fiends. The ogre or the goblin? Whatever attacked him. Okay, it was an ogre. This guy's the source of my uh, <laughs> alcohol. You know. Exactly. You can't. He's your. <laughs> he's my supplier. To, that's right. No. Right, so roll your attack roll. I start yeah. brandishing my rapier at the ogre. And an ogre is like a nine foot tall humanoid, dumb loincloth with a club type thing. I'm All gonna right. slash off his loincloth. All right. You're gonna make him naked. That is a. Ooh. Holy cow! What did I roll? A night or a thirteen? No, a nineteen. Plus. That is more than enough. Yeah. <laughs> your rapier slashes into the ogre. How much damage do you do? Uh, D eight. I don't think I have any modifiers. To uh, it would be your dexterity modifier. Well, 
Okay, properties. D8 plus 2. Okay. So, sorry, which is... Yeah, D8. Uh, that's a D10. It's a, it's a D10. My god. You want to use this? D8. 3 plus so 5 damage. Alright, you cut the ogre in half. It actually falls into two pieces in I front of you. I done that. And yeah! <laughs> How many of the goblins are left? There are still 13 goblins. Okay, so I just uh, attack the nearest one. <laughs> okay. He, knocked the, he almost broke a cask of ale. 10 Probably plus did. 4, so 14. Yes. More than enough. So, are we still getting his bonus too? Um, I, think, it's, I think it's over at this point. Yeah, 10 I think it's minutes, over. Yeah. Uh, well, you didn't, no, you 10 minutes in combat is like I, 100 I rounds. The dagger, but I think... Having a rapier and a loot going at the same time. Yeah, I would say because he changed to more an attack. I'll have to double check, but I don't think he can do both, so we're going to say no. That should still be enough, though. You only need a 13 to hit, which he should have plus three. And this is only an extra... So what did you do to this one? This is only damage. It's not to hit. So oh, really? Extra d4 damage. Oh, we were doing it wrong anyway. When rolling damage for melee and range attacks. Mm. Okay. Uh, just spinning fist. Okay, so spinning like uh, Chuck Norris, spinning back fist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> His head whips like 180 degrees, falls over the thick crack. Poltergeist. Right. Belial, you now have 12 goblins and an ogre. And a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, I'll try burning hands this time. Okay. Are we going to have a uh, Thanksgiving themed episode next week? <laughs> yeah, there we go. We'll all be thankful for first level characters. <laughs> they all, everybody in a 15 foot cone makes a dexterity saving throw. On a fail, they take 3d6. And half on a success. 10, 14. Okay, two of them pass, but that still fire erupts from you. Just sweeps over them like a wave of fire. Chars the body, and there's actually literally just blackened skeletons that stand there for a couple seconds before they crumble to dust. Terminator 2. I say, where are you going? Nowhere. How many goblins are left at this point? Uh, that's five more gone, so I think you have seven. Back to the top of the order. A basilisk stares at Ando. I wish you would tell me they're going to get worse. <laughs> I would stop wasting all my good spells. Okay. Thunder wave on a bunch of goblins. So you need to make a constitution saving throw. So you roll a d20, you add your constitution modifier. So the ogre is now a basilisk. It's uh, 13 plus 2. Okay. You succeeded, so you are able to avert your gaze away from the basilisk. You know that this is a legendary creature that Doesn't can turn you stone, stone yeah. if you're not careful. Now, use your shield Sorry. to be able to look at it. Yeah. I can. Yeah. 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 Medusa. The ogre steps forward. I thought the ogre died. Oh, that's right. The ogre's dead. That's the basilisk. Step... I tried to make it naked, and I made it dead. That's right. You made it dead dead. Glug, roll your death saving throw. Four. All right. You... I am one. I need you some are help. one roll away from death. Carter, what are you doing? Oh. Well, <laughs> I will magic missile you and end your misery. <laughs> I'm, I'm riding a high after splitting this up. Yeah. Att attempting to embarrass it and killing it instead. Yeah, so maybe I'm just going to um, whirl around and... Where, where is this basilisk? And It's right where the ogre was. It's right, right oh, in well, front of you. You know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still riding high, so I'm going to go right. after this basilisk with the rapier. Okay. And that's a 16... Plus my modifier, which is a 2. That is more than 18. enough. And that is a D8. Once again, finding the D8. Yes. D8? No. My God. One of these days. D8. It's a 6. All right. So your rapier pierces this basilisk's eye, goes straight into his brain, 
and the creature just flattens out like a ragdoll. Crescendo! Endo. You have a small number of goblins around you. I am, I am mopping this shit up. All right, I just attacked the nearest one. Okay. 16. All right. More it. than enough. It's yeah. worse than my loot. What did you do this time? So you back fist, you karate chop. Uh, headbutt. You a crane, <laughs> yeah. crane kick. We'll do a headbutt. All right, so just smash his hands together. Crushes their, their head plate in. Brains squirt out the ears. Dead. Belial. Belial, you would know that I have medicine in my pocket if you wanted to help me out here. <laughs> He's uh, going to reach into your pants. What do I have to do? All right. So the only thing, you can stabilize him with a DC 10 wisdom check. Basically, you're going to go up and you provide first aid, and that will stabilize him and keep him from dying. <laughs> can I get to him without... Um... It, was, it was a wild short life for Glug. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> He failed. Mike is just <laughs> brutal. Hey. He's like, oh, I have trouble riding the low-level right. characters. And this... My orb doesn't heal people. It just kills them. <laughs> and oh. this is when... He accidentally stabbed you instead of stabilizing you. Oh, jeez. Oh, this is when the dragon shows up. <laughs> You're funny, Mike. <laughs> Enter the dragon. Enter the dragon. So this giant winged beast starts flapping his wings, coming in for a landing. I'm going to start playing Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> and and this is the point... Where there is just an eruption of laughter, and the sea, the scene starts to fade, and you guys find yourself inside of a tavern, listening to the bard telling tales of your great adventures <laughs> and all the things that you guys have done. We did, he did a goddamn dream sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Except for it wasn't. Wait, so I'm not, I'm not dead then. No, you're not dead. <laughs> just he, a, just, he, he you could have out, had the dragon like eat somebody. He passed out drunk. Nice. A three. He, he passed out died. drunk ten minutes ago from his own brew. That's See, and that's why the uh, the ogre was cut in half with a rapier and a basilisk was died. Because, of course, you're the hero of the story. Yes. <laughs> it, just, it worked out perfectly. It did. It worked out very well. I was more focused on my brew getting drunk. And then Scott the dragon showed up, and we slayed him. So you guys are in a tavern called the Wanderlust. And you have been traveling following Belial's ball for about a month and a half. And it's continued to get a little bit colder. Every now and then there's snowflakes that fall, a little bit of frost in the air, but it's not full on winter yet. Oh, real quick, do I get my spell back? Yeah, yeah. All that happened in Give me a blue one. In figment. This is the only time a bard is ever gonna be useful, is it is <laughs> in his own story. Exactly. You, you about set his, that his up own perfectly. Tale of, uh... Uh, you guys again traveling for about six weeks or so, and you have gone through the Hell. most well, the most god awful backwater swamp infested like you you don't think you could get back here if you tried and the only reason that you found this place at all was that you continue to follow the follow the trail that Bilal led and it's also possible you may not have been able to get here any other time because the frost actually helped you in some cases um traversing through the swamp to your knowledge you have never heard of this town it's not on any maps it is literally you're in the middle of nowhere but you found this town, and it's butted up against the uh, a mountain that you guys are, are familiar with. It's called the Crag, and it's just a large, single, you know, mountain, probably a volcano. It's not active. What this place is known no. for? No. Oh, okay. Actually, this place, again, no one even knows it exists, but it's this town. This is the only place my brother's reputation has right. not preceded me. Exactly. No one has heard of Scott, so you, you have found your great. place. Um, so you found your way to this town. Again, it's butted up right against the crag. It's surrounded by a swamp on all three of the other sides. Never heard of it. Have no idea, but, but you're pretty sure that this is where 
your ball was leading you. And you set yourself up in the first tavern that you came to, and you've been sort of telling stories and getting to know the local townsfolk this whole time. So you guys are in the tavern telling stories, drinking some beer. What do you guys want to do? He passed out. That's why he died in the <laughs> story. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll uh, get some water and throw it on him and wake him up. Yeah. Let's go on. Is the bard still telling tall tales? Yeah. The laughter was all the town, the, all the tavern goers laughing at your story as it continued to get more and more ridiculous Absurd. on top of itself. Yeah. So they're all, but it's all good-natured laughter. They're all laughing with you, not at you. You know, the beer has been flowing. <laughs> what do you guys want to do? You're in a tavern, taking a break. I hate. This is the worst part. Is co- so coming up role-playing the, part? Coming no. Up the, yeah, the, well, the, the small talk well, stuff. Like, uh, so what do you oh, want to do? Just, uh, where, do, where does the ball take you next? Let me check. Yeah, I'm on intermission here, get, getting a brewski. The um, there hasn't been any recent signal like it's got you on the right trail but it's not like it's radar pinging something very close to here it could be in this town or it could be right outside of town but it's something very close or somewhere very close all we please, can do please, please hold all we can do for me. now is is hang out until i get until it tells me uh it gives me more direction so feel free to you know drink <laughs> eat We'll just be Be hanging out for a while. Not not getting any sort of uh, reading off that uh, ball there. My character will probably be trying the uh, various back alley drinks this place has to offer and critiquing them. Okay. You're going to die if a tub gin, really? The bartender is a a middle-aged man, not thin, not heavy, just sort of average height, average build. And uh, one thing that you guys notice about the people in the tavern, and you know, it's, it's actually kind of early. You guys got here not long after the last night that you camped. So it's like 11 o'clock in the morning. And the tavern's pretty full. I mean, it's not bursting, but there's three or four uh, serving girls. There's probably 10, 15 other patrons. There's a bartender. There's a cook. So if you guys want some food. So it's it's sort of like the, the tavern you would expect to see at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon before it gets fully busy, but not at 11 o'clock in the morning kind of tavern atmosphere and everyone's dressed a little bit more now obviously it's getting cold so that's probably probably part of it as well they're not as scantily dressed as as you're used to seeing tavern winches dressed but so they're all wearing sort of heavier clothing and it's also the, the style is just different it's just a different style than you're used to so the bartender and he speaks with sort of a weird uh, like european accent which i can't do so i'm not going to try but he's got like a weird european accent and he keeps giving you like four or five different beers. They're all different. You've never... Chinese. They, yeah, they have a different flavor. And he's actually very interested in talking about the way that he brews them and, and how he gets certain flavors. So he's definitely more than just a bartender. He's also a brewer okay. as well. And you guys are like swapping stories. So I'm probably connecting with this guy. Yeah. His name's Maxwell, if I didn't tell you all that already. So he's very open. Okay. Like he give you, you know, like half of one for free. You know, he's letting you try them out asking you about your techniques as well so you guys could have like a really solid conversation you're you know again doing your thing and again they're laughing with you more than at you but there is a bit of laughter when they talk to you that you know people are trying to get you to sing and they're wanting you to do more stuff so if you're willing to entertain them they're willing to listen dance monkey dance (laughs) exactly now ando you are more of an oddity so they are not really familiar with monks uh so there's a lot of people asking you questions and the girls wearing a bath what's your charisma by the way an 11 all right so you're you're average looking um, Mine's a 16. Yeah, so you're very attractive. Yeah. Um, but, Easy, handsome. <laughs> but some of the girls are asking you, like, hair. you know, uh, like, what does it mean? You know, what, what does that mean to be a monk? And 
if you tell them like, you know, try to get you to demonstrate some things, and you know, if you like drop some Zen knowledge on them, they'll be like, oh, you know, like, be the tiger type of a thing. So they're all excited about that and flittering and TV. You are the walrus. It's actually be the ball. No, 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 no. That's right. Be the ball. The secret to life is one thing. Be your finger. Be the ball. All right. And what are you doing? Just... You told you gave everybody else what they were doing. <laughs> oh well, you're doing this. Well, what are you, you doing? Anything you want to do? You're playing with your ball. We, we all have our sticks, you know. Like I, you're the, I mean, you're when the we're in with the ball, so are you doing magic si trick? Trying to do magic tricks? Maybe? No, when we're in situations like this, I'm usually um, trying to keep out of conversation. Like I'm still. So now everybody knows like what's going on with me. I'm I still don't. He's that shifty guy in the corner. I know that there's other people out there out there looking for these things, and the fact that I have one and I'm traveling around with it, I feel like puts a I, I'm on always your back. like I'm always worried. I'm okay. si like I'm sitting in here thinking like, am I susceptible to somebody knowing what I have? Am I putting off some kind of so I like I try to like hide my, tuck my bag like behind me, and I try not to talk to people because I don't want to like get into a conversation and say the wrong thing and, you know, tip them off that I'm hiding something or, so, or something like that. Okay. So is there anything that anyone wants to do? Like while you're in the tavern, you're hanging out with the, the girls and the, the guys, there's people gambling over here. Uh, is there anything in particular you want to do in this moment before we move on? Yeah. I want to talk to the bartender. Well, I mean, like actually have a conversation just, uh, you know, business seems good here. All the, all the bars I've been to, I've never been able to get them packed like this. So what's your secret? I have the best beer in town and the prettiest ladies. Uh, and it's European accent. Best beer is debatable now that I'm here. <laughs> Parentheses, European accent. <laughs> European accent. Best beer is debatable now that I'm here. Ah. But I've, I've never seen a place so busy like this in the afternoon. Um, do, how, do people not have jobs here? Well, we all have our, the role that we play. I mean, how did you get here? By a stroke the of ice luck. And snow. Right. So through a swamp, right? Yes. Yeah. There's not a lot to do around here, so people spend a lot of time in the taverns. Catch bullfrogs, kill mosquitoes. Speaking a European accent. Speaking <laughs> European accent. Work on your European accent. Yeah, so are you native to these parts? Yeah. Well, I was, I was going to ask like what people do. Okay. Well, they just drink all day. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I mean, that's just. I was just kind of curious. <laughs> okay. So, is there anything in particular you want to do? Uh, I'm. Uh, Getting one of the serv the serving wenches numbers. Okay, getting her digits. Yeah, All right. it's, well, it's zero. It's here. Right. It hasn't yeah. been invented. Exactly. Been, like... <laughs> so uh, where where do you hang out? You know, here. All right. Anything in particular? Endo is doing. She has love. Um, just take time, meditate, and wait for direction from uh, Belial. And you're just sort of trying to stay inconspicuous. Yeah, but. <laughs> Like the way I imagine myself is, I'm looking conspicuous. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm like sitting, this. sitting there clutching. You're like a very bad spy. If He's somebody like bumps into my chair, I'm like, what? <laughs> He's sitting there clutching the briefcase, the, the, the handcuffed your hand. Yeah. You have your pouch like in your. He's got his lap He's got his purse. Right. He's got his purse sitting in his lap. And Anyone watching me it. would be like. He's got something in his bag. <laughs> he's got something in his bag. <laughs> yeah. you, you got your hood up. And so some of the serving girls probably even ask you, like, what do you, what do you got in your bag? Oh, I just, you know, I, I travel light. Just, you know, some, some, Grimming some equipment, change, a change know. of clothes and some soap. <laughs> oh, some ointment. I like to keep, you know, clean. That's fascinating. Yeah, I just, I've been, I've been robbed, you know, quite a few times. So I. You know, I I don't like to set my bag down. I like to carry it on me. It's not a bag. It's a satchel. That's right. It's a, it's a merce. It's a messenger bag. European handbag. 
<laughs> it's a European handbag. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's from my homeland. <laughs> we invented that. <laughs> it's, it's a... Uh, it's Gucci. It's a Swiss laptop bag. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you guys spend probably three or four hours in the tavern. It's now like two o'clock in the afternoon. And um, a couple more people come in, a couple people leave. The tavern stays at that sort of level of activity the entire time. Uh, your curiosity never really seems to wane, or, or their curiosity of you never really seems to wane. You know, they openly say they don't get a lot of visitors here, so the fact that you guys are new, they're asking about, you know, what's going on in the outside world, what's the news, what's the politics. So if you're willing to gossip and talk, you know, they'll keep the, the beer flowing. Some people might even buy you some drinks. There are, you know, are people gambling, playing games of uh, chi- uh, dice, games of chance and poker. If you kind of pay attention, the games they play aren't the games that you're familiar with. So they, you know, it's a variation of like poker. So it's just a little bit different than what you're used to. Uh, but they'll gladly teach you, of course. And they keep asking the bard to perform. No matter how bad it gets, they seem very excited to have a performer. So as long as you're willing to do it, they're, they're going to let you. After about that four-hour period of time, the door opens and you see like a, a guardsman enter into the town. And you didn't see into the tavern. You didn't see any guards on your way into the town. But just based on the way he's dressed and, you know, his fact he's armor and he's carrying a sword, you kind of identify it. He has some sort of insignia on his um, uniform that indicates rank. It's not exactly what you're used to, but it's close enough that you recognize it for what it is. Um, comes in, kind of looks around, sees you four, and then kind of gives like a little whistle. And then five, six, seven more guards kind of come in behind him. He uh, he approaches sort of in the middle of the group, and he, you know, at this point, like the tavern is sort of like quiet. You know, the guy in the corner is playing the music, the girls are dancing. It is all kind of like stops. And uh, he walks up and says, in his European accent, uh, I will need you four to come with me. Everyone have a European accent. They all have a European accent. No one around here speaks with an English accent. <laughs> or did we this, do something wrong? This one small town. Are you ready to confess? Confess that I'm the best bard in town? Well, sure. What, what, uh, what accusations have been brought against us, good sir? Uh, you were wanted for questioning. I'm not liberty to say more. I, I hope that you will please come with me quietly. And of your own accord, I'm sure we can. Resolve. I don't believe in hauling people off on uh, baseless charges unless you know we know what our accusers are holding against us. It is not my place. It is not my place to say. <laughs> he shakes his head. Oh, it's... That, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> don't use your confusing tricks on me. <laughs> so the toady that has come to haul us off doesn't even know what he has been sent to do. I've been sent here at the behest of my the magistrate, and I would ask that you please come with me. I do not wish to have to use force. Are we under arrest? You're wanted for questioning. Will we be allowed to go home? Or go? <laughs> depends will we on be the allowed light. to leave? It depends, depends on the answers on to the questions. The if you are honest and you answer the magistrate's questions, I see no reason why you couldn't be free about your business. Whatever these charges are, they're absurd, but I will come along only to not besmirch my good name. Um, have I seen... Like, plug. So we've been sitting in here for a long time. Several hours now. <clears throat> Have I seen that there would probably be a back door to this place? Like maybe somebody, one of the bartenders or a kitchen, like had to have gone outside or to a storage building or something to get something. You and know they that went there, back there. this is like an in tavern. So there's rooms upstairs. There's a bar behind the bar. There's access to a kitchen. You would imagine based on all the numerous taverns you've been in, there's probably a supply entrance in the kitchen. But you don't see one. You don't know for sure there's one there. Belial's got our bug out bag ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's plan banana. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. No way, yeah I, I'll, I will go, go along willingly with 
and take him, and you're you're gonna get out the back and uh, get the carriage ready to go, right? Well, no, I was thinking of doing something else. B- bust us out later. Yeah. Bedazzle but them with your uh, as you guys magical like, skills. Sort of pause. You you know, there's just like stopping a shoplifter. You can sometimes see that they're thinking, "Do I run? Do I run? Do I mm-hmm. run?" So the guards kind of start. <laughs> they kind of like unhit. My left sword. hand has like dipped. Like <laughs> Sir, back. Hands out of your pockets. They're all these <laughs> He's got his hand out for my hands. protection. <laughs> so the guards all their hands kind of go to their swords. They haven't drawn them, but they're they're clearly recognizing your hesitation and, the merch. and the merch captain he he tries to talk to you on your level and he you know, he says my name is Dulavin. we mean you no harm we simply want to ask you some questions so please do not make us use violence what are you guys doing is that like us saying what we're not going to call the police just barge in on folks in town have, just having a good time enjoying a good tune and enjoying a few drinks in the morning I'm going to grab I'm gonna my... say sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say <clears throat> Oh, I'm just going to grab my hammer, slug it over my shoulder, kind of give them a grunt, and walk with them. Okay. Like I'm not happy about, it, but I'm not. I'm not going to say anything really. Just okay. kind of grunt. He's too loaded. Just mm. <laughs> yeah, I probably am pretty. <laughs> You'll loaded. grunt your displeasure. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't really have a high charisma. Use fancy words like the bard to confuse them with his Jedi mind I'm tricks. Gonna, I'm going to get the people in the tavern all riled up about this. All right. Well, they're all like deathly quiet like they're not making they, a sound they're backing me up <laughs> and violently well at this point i'm walking off with them yep. so, so gr- ladies get it glug is is complying walking out what is i go like this mm. 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 there's no sense for needless violence <laughs> he must as long, be drunk as long as as long as they don't as long as they don't take my weapons then we can answer a few questions. I can't imagine them. Like, All right, I'll stand up. I'll like, my, take my hand out of my bag and I'll stand up. Okay. Slowly with your arms in the air. Well, he's our friend. I can't let him go alone. All right. So the three. I will. The... I will walk along, but not quietly. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's our walking and, lawyer. Yes. Are arguing time. about my Miranda rights the entire way. So you're well. You're just like the shoplifter who does that. He's like, I didn't do anything, man. I don't want you to yeah. Maybe maybe not making any sense, but at least you know keeping them confused <laughs> the entire time. All right. So the, the guards sort of form like a semicircle behind you. Uh, Dulavin walks in front of you. If and he, you know, you can walk side by side if you want. He'll talk a little bit. He, Again, sort of like what we do, trying to keep them talking so they're not thinking. And Anything sort of, you can and say will be out against you. Keep your mouth shut. So shots. he continues to, to walk along. And as you're walking, you continue to notice some more oddities about this town. You don't see any children. Like There's no one under the age of 12 or 13 that you've seen yet. You don't really see any like beggars. There's no homeless people. Everything you pass is either like a tavern, an inn, or a house. There really doesn't seem to be... There's any trade, partier. there's no there's real partiers. there's no real businesses. So there's multiple inns and yeah, taverns. There's more. This just happens to be the first one you guys came into. And this place is in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of, and it's not a huge town or a city. It's not like a crossroads right. or anything. But it's even. it's bigger than a village, not big as a city. Not on any major trade routes. There's no rivers. It's a swamp on three sides and a giant mountain on the other. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that it's here. And how uh, possibly travel like they would get a lot so much travel. That yeah. that would be their main source of the right. It's, it's not like it's a tourist them. destination, yeah, right? Exactly. So oh, he... this imposing mountain is great. <laughs> it's lovely in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so he continues to lead you on, and you're you're moving right into the center of the city. And the city isn't perfectly circular, but it does. It is sort of circular in construction, just where it, the way it's made. And uh, as you get to the center, you see that he's leading you straight to this really sort of squat stone building. It's only about nine feet high. 
and it's like gray stone. And this is a town that doesn't make sense to be We're here. We're talking like Flintstone architecture. Kind of. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and this, exactly. like slabs and this is definitely a building that head, doesn't make sense in this town. Completely circular. It's got fluted columns that go all the way around it. So it is well crafted, but it's just this gray stone. And uh, there's just one big, thick, like iron-bound door that you can see on the front step. So there's like stairs that come up, and there's like a sh small landing that you walk into. Compensating much. <laughs> so uh, Dulavan opens the door and kind of like gestures no for you guys to walk inside. No windows on the. Uh, no, no windows okay. that you can see. At least from the direction you don't go all the way around yeah. it, but in the direction you you can see. And when you when you enter in, the entire level that you're on is is basically circular. There's um, sort of gothic uh, iconography carved into the stone, and there is a stone or stained glass skylight that's in the center of the room and there's like a light sort of you know different colors and you can see moats dancing in the air and it's shining on a pedestal about three and a half feet tall that there's nothing on it and there's guardsmen kind of all around there's probably another eight or nine guardsmen here but there's a person standing right by the pedestal a shorter man like really black hair it's slicked back it's not really long but it's long enough that he kind of has that slick back look wearing completely black clothing he's got black boots Black leggings, black jerkin, black like puffy shirt, and he's got like a leather cord around his neck. And as he turns to face you, there's two little silver knickknacks. It's kind of hard to tell what they are, but there's two little small silver like danglies on the the leather cord, <laughs> like a like a like bolo tie, kind of like that. It's <laughs> it's just like leather cord, and, and they kind of they they're they're touching together. So when you look at them, they almost kind of look like they're oval. But as he moves, you can see that there's two of them, and they're just kind of like connected or not connected there's sort of five bucks says the greasers in charge so yeah so uh dulvin leads you up says this is our magistrate falamon he's the one who will be asking you questions sir we would like to know what charges we've been brought in on my friends and i have been illegally detained for at least 10 minutes now you're cutting into my performance time and which i will need to be reimbursed at least he speaks with a deeper european accent and he also, and again, I, I'm terrible at voices, but like every, the end of all his sentences. Well, that shouldn't stop you from attempting. Okay. I will deal, I will deal with us being accosted. If I can figure, you will tell me where the hell this stupid accent comes from. From our homeland. You are here to answer questions about the theft of an item. And he kind of looks at the empty pedestal. Neither myself nor my good companions would ever well, sick to thievery we do not get sir. many travelers to our to our fair town and yet on the day of your arrival our most prized possession goes missing i find that very coincidental i would think that a town with so many inns and taverns might actually see a little more travel how does a town make so much business how do uh, such establishments keep business we are here no to travel? talk about your actions not the uh not the economic not, not the oddities town. in your strange little hovel with the strange little accents no. Or your strange <laughs> little outfit, you strange little man. All right. He, um, okay. despite you. A little you, too you, angry there, Carter. <laughs> you <gotta listen. laughs> All, right. All right, calm down. All right. But despite your your anger, he his tone never rises. He he continues to talk in a level voice. He I says, take out my loot. At this point, <laughs> there has been no damage done. As long as you return our item, you will be free to go. But we need it back quickly how long ago was this item taken you tell me oh well, i'm asking you because we were at the tavern since we've been here and we have many well, we, witnesses we are already searching the tavern in the rooms that you procured so if it's there we will find it 
if, if it's on your possession, if you turn it over now, then we, uh, we can end this matter and you'll be free to go. Well, we have many witnesses at the tavern saying that will testify that we have not left the tavern since we've gotten here. So then you must have stolen the item before you went to the tavern. But this is the first place we came to. Or the tavern was the first place we went to coming upon this town. Of course, that's what you would say. If you are innocent, then surely you would not mind us searching your, your possessions that are on you. We've already searched the rooms or they're being searched. If you don't have it on you, then you have nothing to fear. Please go right ahead, and I will start stripping off my clothing. Oh, great. <laughs> Excellent. They, they are in awe of my physique. and. Uh, sure. What's your charisma? The 16. Yeah, yeah. Not work out. That's yeah, let's just start turning out my pockets. Shake the loot. Nothing falls out. So what is this object that has gone missing? What does it look like? It is a, the Jade Dragon. The Jade. So it's a green something? It's a green statue. A green statue? Of the dragon. <laughs> They have an oriental-themed statue missing in their European <laughs> accented. It's like Shanghai Noon. <laughs> well, they can pat down my armor. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. All right. So the whole time you're checking this, he keeps looking at you. Because you're the only one really carrying anything big enough to hide a statue. And if you look at the pedestal, you, you imagine that the, the statue is probably about that big. Which is still probably too big for you to have in your purse, but it's the only thing really. So they're sort of perfunctory going through these guys, and you, you know, you're a monkey. He's nothing. still standing yeah. there clutching. So finally, he looks at purse. you and says, "Perhaps we were mistaken. Perhaps you did not take our jade dragon. We have but yet to check your items, and then we can resolve this matter." I take one step backwards. Oh, and real quick, is there anybody standing behind me? Yes, there's like. Well, oh, guards in here, plus Duelvin and Falamon, so there's 14 other people. So, yeah, you guys are surrounded on all sides. He there is only have one door. said something before I went on and on about it. It is the only we door that you see. It's the one you came in. But there are, like, stairways that don't have any railings that go down on two sides. So you walk in this way, and there's two stairways that go this way, that, but they go down. I, Is there somebody directly behind me? Yes, there are people completely circling everybody. All right. There's multiple guards in front of the doors, and, and again, he's just sort of waiting. And again, the hesitation, you okay. can see it. He goes, yeah, and I look, I look really nervous, and... You look I'm, guilty as hell. Yeah, <laughs> and... Um, he just doesn't want anybody touching his ball. I, uh, I don't know how to say this, but I might... I don't know how they got in there. I can't control what might happen. You have to let us go. I'm afraid that that is impossible. If you return the Jade Dragon, I, I promise you, no harm will befall you or your companions. You will be asked mm -hmm. to leave, and that will be that. If you fail to return it, I cannot be held responsible for what will happen. I, this is going to look even more guilty. I grab my bag like I'm, like a, to me, it's, to me and them, it's like I'm restraining something, but to them, it looks like I'm like, no, you can't have it. Okay. So, so I grab, I have a hold of my bag with one hand and I have my other hand like this. So, there's obviously tension is starting to rise. The the guards again they start to sort of like un and kind of they use their thumb to like kind of pop their sword like two inches out to clear the weapon. Mm -hmm. And you see Dulvin step in. He's like, "Calm, calm down. No one wants to hurt you. It, just open your bag and let me look inside. You don't even have to empty it. If the Jade Dragon is not there, then perhaps we were mistaken." Okay. I'm gonna move just like. I'm making it look like I'm going to open my bag and let him look inside. But I 
pick the flap up and I slip my hand in and I cast Gust of Wind. Okay. <laughs> I'm traveling with this shady guy. See, this is why we develop a background. You when and your balls. Does this, we got to decide what's going to happen. All right. <clears throat> so you are going to cast Gust of Wind. Uh, 50 feet long and 10 feet wide emanates from me in the direction of my choosing, and everybody has to make a strength saving throw or fall prone. So are you, is you? If I cast Thunder Wave, I might kill you. (laughs) (laughs) So are you going to turn and like try to make like an escape route, or are you going to try to knock down the people in front of you? I'm going to try to knock down the people in front of me to clear a path for the door. Okay, well the door is behind you. Uh, then it would just then it would go in that direction. Whoever is blocking the door okay. is so, who I want to so, hit. Okay, so basically you're going to turn around really quickly. There's there's four guards that are directly in front of the door, mm. and those are the ones that you're going to target to try to knock them down mm-hmm. so that you have an avenue of escape. Okay, so is this a saving throw they have to make? Yeah, strength saving throw. And what's the DC? Is it 11? 12. 12. All right, I'm going to assume they, they're fairly tough, so I'm going to give them plus two for their strengths for all of them. So natural 20... 13, 20, and 1. So one guy gets thrown backwards. The other three look at you angrily. Look at you angrily. They all draw their swords. The other three are like... (laughs) 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 Their hair just kind of goes back like Fabio. Uh, We are now in initiative. So we're going to roll initiative. Couldn't just let him check the bag. That's what happens when you mess with the TSA. Let people look in your bag. All right, Glug, what did you get for initiative? 11. Carter. 3. Ando. 15. Belial. 12. All right, so Falamon gets a 16. Dulavin. Just in front of Carter. <laughs> and the guards there. It covered right. me up. Uh, that wasn't supposed to happen that way. Okay, Ando, you are first to go. So, again, you are surrounded by the guards. They're being quite reasonable. You see, and you know why. You know why he's he has a vastly valuable object he's trying to keep hidden. But he clearly casts a spell that try to knock some people over, knock one person over. Everyone's drawn their swords, so you're now surrounded by armed guards. And what do you want to do? We're going to have to speak about his behavior. He punches me and goes, I got him. Arrest him. (laughs) Here, look inside the bag. I got it. (laughs) Don't don't mind him. He has some behavioral issues. I'm going to hold, but I'm going to ask you just why. (laughs) I mean, I understand what's in the bag, but. Okay, so you are holding. All right, Glug. You hear Ando look at Bilal and be like, what the hell, dude? That's my translation. Except I'm a monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't speak in a monk accent or, or a European. So. These these guards all look pretty well equipped yes, these, and trained. I mean, they're not Rambos, but these aren't just like hicks with swords either. These are trained They're not soldiers. 16 goblins that get taken out by a bard. Correct. <laughs> I will quickly move over to Belial and get... I'm going to get in your face, Bilal, and use Intimidate on you and say, I believe in violence, but now is not the time. We have to persuade them that what you have is valuable, but it's not theirs. If they try to take this from you, then I will defend you. But it's not worth uh, getting to a fight over something they don't understand. All right. Let me guess. The Jade Dragon's Do you want me back, to... but the orb stole it and he can't explain it. Falamon. Do you want me to roll intimidate check? Yeah, roll because you the way that technically you can't intimidate another player. Well, because nothing you can say or do on your roll is going to influence his decision. Uh, Okay. Right. I mean, if he believes you, but there's no dice mechanic there. Yeah. So Falamon sort of straightens up and says, "We are not thieves. 
anything in your bag is other than the Jade Dragon, it will be yours to keep. We will not take anything from you, if that is your fear. If you try that again, we will cut you down and search your possessions afterwards. The guards have their weapons drawn and they advance on you slowly, so they're right on top of you. So if you decide to try to cast a spell or run, they're just going to get like 10 free attacks. It's now your turn. How many people are between me and the door? Four, still. <laughs> I cast Thunder Wave. All right. As you, start, as you start to cast your spell, they're going to attack you. Okay. All right. Ando, you were holding, so when they go to attack him, you can go first. But there's at least four of them that are going to hit him with swords right now as he's starting to cast his spell. Um, well, I got to attack. Actually, I cast Burning Hands, but go ahead. Yeah, I got to attack to at least help him. Okay, so go ahead and attack one of the guards if that's what you're going to do. It's uh, 12 plus 4, 16. Or you can attempt to knock him out so he can stop this. Okay, so you do like a spinning hook kick, catch one of the guards in the face, roll damage. He's going to hurt his foot on her armor. 8 on the damage. 8. 8. All right, eight's enough. This guy gets knocked out. He just slumps into a heap. We can't kill these guys. They're good guys. Into a a heap. The other three are going to attack you. I got a 15, a 17, and a 9. 15 and 17 hit. Okay. All right, so the first guy is going to go, does five points of damage, and the other one does nine. I am at negative six. All right, so the first guy, after the first one hit you, the second one would have attempted to knock you out, so he would have, like, hit you with the blunt of a sword. So you're at zero, but you're unconscious. So then it is the other guard's turn. They're going to turn their weapons on you and, again, try to restore order. Everyone calm down. He's not dead. He will not be injured further as long as you comply. So we'll just kind of go to Carter. What do you want to do? This ain't no goblins. I got no beef here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Glug. I, I want to reach down to his bag. I told him to quit being so damn shady. take a peek. Okay. To see if it's still what we all thought it was or if it's now a green dragon. Actually, when you look in his bag, all you see is a giant coconut. A giant coconut? A giant coconut. Okay. Where the hell do you find a coconut in a swamp? I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. <laughs> I want to cast Spare the Dying on him so he's back to one health and ask him what the hell's up with the coconut. All right, so you're just sort of coming conscious. While you're doing that, Falamon walks over. He's going to rip the bag just and just full of like arrogance, just stiff his hand in and pull out giant coconut. And he just sort of stares at it, and you can tell that he's disappointed and confused <laughs> by many, many things at this point. So he sort of drops it back in the bag. He's Our rights around. have been violated, <laughs> sir. And then at that point, the door opens, and someone says, Sir, we have found the dragon, but it is broken. I guess we did that now, too, while we were in here. You are not yet cleared. Clearly, you had an accomplice. We have more questions for you. We did. This town is the pits. <laughs> he hands you back to your bag as you're sitting up. You've got like a big black eye now. We demand free room and board. I look in the bag. You see your ball. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to need for you guys to go downstairs while we sort this out. Or downstairs is like the dungeons? It's a holding facility. A holding facility where I get to hold my weapons? If I you like. They're going to remove it from you. He just said I can keep them. You're the worst negotiator ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay $18. All right, I'll pay $20. Coming out of my mouth was ever 
any going to persuade anyone. It's just dribble. So the guards still have their weapons out. You guys are helping him to his feet. You're confused by what just happened. And then uh, Falamon, he looks at you and says, so clearly, again, you've had an accomplice that you that aided you in this. Once we find your accomplice, I assure you that we will Is he resolve this. Is he named after a Digimon? <laughs> no, I, and then he, he kind of reaches into a pocket and he pulls out and he holds up an obsidian tiger paw. Roll me a charisma check. Which one's that? That's a d20 with your charisma modifier, which is probably zero. Eleven yeah, at zero. They got away from me. All right. Oh, at so eleven is zero. You would recognize yeah. this immediate, right? Are you going to have any sort of react? Would you be like, <gasps> or you know, like what would your reaction be? Be seen? Be seen? Great googly moogly. <laughs> uh, I've seen Great that before. Beard. Of course you have. It's your accomplices. And no. The other three probably wouldn't have reacted, but you had a very clear reaction, and that's what he he saw. So now he clearly thinks that you are the one that's either in on it or the, or the mastermind. So he's sort of focused on you. Yes, we have questions for you. I I would like the answers myself. All right. So are you guys going to be led downstairs? I don't think we have a choice in this one. Okay. I feel pretty innocent. So I'm dizzy I'm not and really not playing. capable of making decisions. <laughs> yeah. We were led by your ball. Now we're led by your nuts. <laughs> you your cocoa ego. nuts. Yeah. All right. So they take you down... Um, I'm done arguing. These people were obviously Neanderthals. Either one of the staircases that go down, and you see that it pretty much goes to the same spot, have just no opposite ideas sides of a slightly smaller room. It goes down more than like a normal level, so like a normal level, like 10 to 15 feet. This goes down like more like 30 before it levels off. It's very dark down here. It does look very dungeony, and you can't really see what's around. You being a half-orc, I think you have... I have uh, low light vision or something It appears like to that. be some sort of crypt. Dark vision. Um, sort of like, you know, so it has like the... The holes and the slots in the walls full of bodies. Not creepy at all. Not at all. So yeah. crypts down in here. And uh, they lead you off and just, there's like four doors down here, one in each cardinal direction. They lead you through one. It's a short hallway and it opens up into another room. And there are three basically like jail cells. So there's one directly in front of you that sort of offset back. And then there's two on either side. So this corner touches the corner of this cell and this corner touches the corner of this cell. So these two would look straight at each other. And you, you could look into, at an angle, this one over here, and there's stone all else around it. As you guys are let in, the one directly in front of you, there's like a big, I mean, there's like a big ball of cloth. You don't know if it's... twine. No, it's like it's like a cloak of some sort. So you don't like know if it's... a wadded up piece of cloth. You don't know if it's a wadded up piece of cloth, if it's a body, if it's... There's something in that cell. So they lead you to the two on either side, and they open them up. And they just sort of expect you guys to go in. They, they at this point they're not taking your weapons or your armor, but they kind of they want you to divide up two and two. They sort of insinuate that. So are you guys one going to go in the cells and two which one? How about we all just go into one cell? They but they're really not big enough for all four of you. So they sort of they kind of like that, that's for them to figure. out. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> we're gonna make this as uncomfortable on them as possible for ourselves. One of those two. Is it really necessary to lock us up down here? Yes. <laughs> I rolled even, so I'm going in the right cell. Okay, so um, Carter goes into the right cell. He wants to join him in the right cell. I'll go in. Okay, so you two in the right cell. Are you guys going to go into the left cell? Okay, they go in, they lock the door, and then they exit. Can I have some we water? We have rights! Yeah, as they're walking out, you say that, someone says, yes, we will bring you some refreshments. I'll toss you a, a beer. <laughs> I would have pla Chug placed this. a gypsy Kirks on them, but I don't have spellcasting. <laughs> um, so about 10 minutes later, uh, Dulvin comes back in 
and he's got like a tray and there's four mugs. Um, he's got a pitcher of water and a pitcher of ale and he basically asks which, which one you would prefer. Water. Okay. He gives you water. I'll take the ale. Okay. I'm going to reach out and slap the tray out of his hands. I'm like sipping it, like telling him all the different ingredients on how they brewed it. Piss poor. It's like a wine connoisseur. You're like, hmm, yeah. a hint of, uh, was it tobacco? <laughs> a hint of asshole. All right. It's very hoppy. And Dulvin kind of sits down, like he pulls up a stool and he's sort of being like the hometown sheriff and he's, He's just trying to... Got yourselves right here pickled, don't you? <laughs> well, he's just saying, <laughs> if you guys did this, it's really important that you let us know. Okay, there, there are things at work here that you don't know about, and it's very dangerous for you to be here, but we can't let you leave until we find the item. J- just want to tell you, we did not show up in your backwards hick town to <laughs> find your stupid oriental... Town figurine and want, smash it. Okay? One nudge him real quick. <laughs> like, I don't think anger is the right approach to this. Seems we're locked up right now. So um, after a couple minutes, another guard comes in and he's he's carrying another tray and there's like a cloth on top of it. And Dulvin takes it and he removes the cloth and it's two pieces of what clearly used to be the Jade Dragon. And never seen that thing in my life. And it's about this tall, or would be if it was in one piece. And it's a, a green dragon in sort of like a Buddha position. It's got a Buddha belly. And it was broken in half, and you can tell that there was a space inside the belly where a cylindrical, circular object would have resided. And he says, this is what we've lost. And it puts all of us in danger if we don't find it. So I'm going to leave this here. I'll be back in a few minutes, and I hope you have some information that you can... What's, who's this talking to us right now? Dulvin. He's the card captain. What if we have no information because we didn't? That would be very bad. Dulvin. So you accuse us of crime, this crime, have really no way to connect us to it, and then tell us if we can't make up something about the crime that we're going to be held here. I'm not saying you're <laughs> going to be held. I'm saying that once again, confused very bad things will happen to many people. If this item was taken and not returned. And he goes and he shuts the door it's and walks cursed. out. So you guys are now alone in the cursed. cell. Except for whatever the thing in the corner over there in that cursed. cell is. Is there anything in particular you guys want to do? Okay. Let's just get this out here now. Did any of you assholes do anything to this thing? <laughs> time, time to say it now if anybody's got anything to confess to. No? Okay. That's what we're sticking to, huh? I'm nothing confessed. It appears that one of the orbs was inside the dragon. It very likely. It appears. It really, is Dragon Ball Z. It appears we have a smaller sort of competition. I suggest instead of them locking us away, we uh, offer them help, and if we do find them, then we can take it and get the hell out of here. I'm on the case. Instead, of, instead of fighting against them to quicken our execution for no reason. So how how thick is the statue? Would it? have had to drop out of a window to break or just something you could toss on the ground? And... You could, like, with a, a weapon, but with a that sword. hammer? With a hammer? I, uh, who, who, so far, like, out of all the people we've talked to, who, what's the name of the person that seems to be in charge? Dulvin is the guard captain. Falamon is the magistrate. He's the one wearing all black that was accusing you earlier. To do with the bolo tie. Yes. Um, I want to request to talk to that guy. Okay, well, at the moment, you're alone. You guys are just sort of talking to yourselves. Um, about an hour later, Falamon actually comes in. And you can tell it. Before, even when you were yelling, 
even when you cast your spell, he was cool. Cool as a cucumber. Never raised his voice. He was fine. He is clearly agitated now. And he's getting very... He's not as much angry. He seems scared. Like he's really frightened about something. And he's almost pleading when he says, I need you to tell me where it is. It is so urgently important that we get this back for your safety as well as ours. So please, tell me where your accomplice is so that we can get the ball back. I know you think that we took it and we we didn't, but I think I know what kind of ball you're referring to and I think I can help you find it. What do you mean by that? While you're thinking, he actually looks at you. You know what this is and he showed you the tiger paw again. What does this mean? I'm not sure what it means. We found some ancient scrolls from our le- our leader, Aang, and they were being transported back to my village. They were stolen, and all that was left was a tiger paw. So I know the paw, but I know nothing of it. Okay, so Cam looks back to you to see if you sort of formulated your response yet. I don't have a good one. Okay. <laughs> all right, so he's getting upset again. You, you, obvi- you know that we... We do not have it here, and you have to realize that keeping us locked up here doesn't do you any good. We didn't come to town with anybody else. You know, I mean, you can ask anybody in the town, we came here, just the four of us. But I have an interest in finding what you want as well, and I feel like I was sort of, I was maybe brought brought here by some sort of sort of draw by what you're talking about and i think i could find it for you he um as you're talking he sort of turns his head almost as if he hears something you know you guys don't hear anything but he there's something that he has caught his attention and he stands up and he just like in the middle of your sentence he just turns and walks away very quickly he he goes out of the room unless you guys want to do anything about another 45 minutes will pass and then Dulavon comes in, and he looks like he's ran a marathon. He's covered in sweat. He's flushed. His eyes are getting red. And he just says, last chance, do you know where it is? He uh, takes the key ring that opens the cells, and he throws it into you. He says, no matter what happens, do not open that door until tomorrow. And then he goes outside. And then a few minutes later, you start hearing the most god-awful screams cries yeah just (laughs) whatever the worst imaginable thing in the world it's happening earshot outside that door and you guys are really that's music yeah well you're really deep in the ground as it is so whatever it is it's bad if you can even hear it at all and it just it's going on for like two hours straight just non-stop catastrophe i want to do something now okay it's a new Creed wanna, album. I want to oh. take the keys. Well, okay, you threw them to these guys. All right, hey, let me get the keys real quick. Okay. And what are you going to do? They land just, five feet Just trust short. me. It'll be okay. <laughs> they land right, right in the middle of the, the aisle. Keys. So I unlock myself. Yeah. I want to go in that third cage with that cloth bundle thing and poke it with my hammer and see what the hell it is. Okay. So as you do that, it starts to wiggle, and it sort of like uncurls Like a itself. gelatinous sort of? No, no. It's um, it's a goblin, but it... This thing's ancient. I mean, it's, it looks I like it's... I have told many a tale of the goblin. Like a hundred years old. It's got white, just sort of like, almost like cotton candy whiffs of white hair. It's got white hair coming out of its, <laughs> it's ears and nose. It's just sitting in the jail cell it, room. It, and it will just kind of 
kind of sets up in very Yoda like, you know, very mm. old. Mm. It has a little wooden cane. <laughs> Fuck me, do you do? <laughs> he looks over and goes, I think you better lock that door. You don't he want, says it in an ancient you, goblin voice, which I also can't you, do. You want in here, bud? No, well, it, it, right now, your cell and his cell are, is open. We, and yeah. we, have, we have uh, instruments and candy. All right. Yeah, get the hell back in sure. here and lock the door. All right. I want to walk back into our cage and lock the door and leave his open. Okay. And, start, and leave him there for questioning. All right, well, <laughs> after you get back in your cell, he'll kind of hobble up and take his cane and slowly close his door. And at that moment, the door into your room opens. <gasps> and there's a guard that walks in, and he's covered in blood. I mean, it looks like he took a bath in blood. Does he look like a zombie? No, he doesn't look like a zombie, but he is covered in blood. He's got, like, bits of flesh on his face. Not So it's not just blood. There's gore, viscera. Maybe, like maybe an eyeball is caught in his helmet. It looks like a body exploded on him. And he looks <laughs> over, and there's like a little peg hook by the door, like, you know, you imagine the key ring would be. He looks at it, and then he sort of confused looks at you, and his movements are a little bit stilted, sort of zombie-like, but not completely. And then he just runs full tilt into your guys' cage, like head first. Like he's just trying to batter down your cage. And that's right. where I poop my pants. <laughs> okay, then. You can give us feedback and comments on our website, therpgacademy.com. You can listen to previous podcasts on our website and subscribe to new ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a table topic, we'd love to hear it. Email us at podcast at therpgacademy.com or connect with us. We're on Twitter at The RPG Academy. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The RPG Academy. We also have a Google Plus page, The RPG Academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.